This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of March 20, 2017, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 421 of Defender Radio. Stephen Wise stood up in a New York courtroom to make his case last week. It's something he's worked toward for years, and so far, the courts haven't supported his efforts. But Stephen knows that his clients need him, because they simply can't speak for themselves. Stephen is the founder and president of the Non-Human Rights Project, and his clients are chimpanzees being kept in confinement. The goal is to get these chimps, individuals of a species that experts have long identified as sentient, emotional, and social, out of cages and into sanctuaries. The case is to appeal the failure of the New York County Supreme Court to issue writs of habeas corpus on behalf of two captive chimpanzees, Tommy and Kiko, who were both recently featured in the HBO documentary Unlocking the Cage. Stephen took a break from preparing his arguments for the Appellate Division of the First Department Supreme Court in Manhattan last week to join Defender Radio and explain the background of the cases of Tommy, Kiko, and other non-human animals for whom the Non-Human Rights Project is speaking, why the laws should grant them freedom, and how animal lovers around the world can help. In most cases where a lawyer is representing someone, it starts with the client contacting a lawyer and saying, hey, I need help. Obviously, this case is... is totally different so how did you come to to represent tommy how did that story begin for you we um are working to uh, change the legal status of non-human animals as many as we can from being legal things you know who lack the capacity for any legal rights to legal persons who have the capacity for an infinite number of, of 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 rights so so we spent many years um, first, looking at the legal systems um, or, or the law of you know all the fifty states and Washington and you know and and uh, the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico and you know twenty um, twenty uh, English speaking countries, including you know Canada and, and, and England and Australia, and what we ended up doing and um, after all those years is we we put all of the various jurisdictions that we we had identified and done research on into a hierarchy, and. We in uh, on Easter, I guess, in Easter weekend of 2013, we decided that that uh, we would like to begin with the um, with, with the U.S. state of New York. So instead of having a client come to us and we say we we hear what the problem might be and we know where we're going to file suit, we decided to look at the law of the various states, see where we wanted to litigate, and then look for a client. So uh, we chose. The state of New York. Uh, we knew, um, based upon the um, the arguments that we wanted to to make, which is that um, New York uh, supreme, the common law of, of New York, really supremely uh, values the idea of autonomy, and it, it and the uh, cases you know talk about it almost in awe. You know how how important autonomy is, and how much the courts will will protect um, autonomy, and. We then uh, had been looking for autonomous beings uh, um, and animals who we felt that there was uh, a huge amount of re- scientific research that had been done and that, that we could show that they were autonomous. So those included uh, then, as of now, uh, 
the, the four species of great apes, chimpanzees, bonobos, gorillas, and orangutans, uh, two species of elephants, uh, African and Asian, and then an array of cetaceans, uh, dolphins and whales. So there were, we knew there were no captive dolphins and whales in the state of New York. So we basically looked at all of the great apes and all of the elephants in the state of New York, and we actually uh, chose on Easter Sunday, we chose two chimpanzees who were living in a roadside zoo named Reba and Merlin uh, as, the, as, as our first clients. And uh, I then, a few weeks later, went out to that roadside zoo and to see Reba and Merlin and learned that uh, Reba had died um, a few weeks before. So that, I'm sorry, and so that left Merlin. So uh, in September, so we, we, we decided that we were going to file our first suits in, the, in our first suit in December of 2013. So uh, as we began to file that lawsuit, as, uh, as uh, December uh, began to, to, uh, to come closer in, in September, um, I sent my executive director to the back to the zoo to check on Merlin and learned that he had died the night before. So at that point, uh, it was kind of shocking to us that 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 these two chimpanzees, both of, of of them, had died within within the next six months. So we decided that you know we didn't realize that 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 it was that bad for them, and so we then decided that we would identify uh, all of the chimpanzees in the state of New York and then f- simultaneously file suit habeas corpus lawsuits on behalf of all of them. And so we were uh, finally able to identify five chimpanzees. Um, so. Uh, from kind of uh, from west to east in Niagara Falls, you had Kiko and Charlie. Charlie was all would, would die before December. So the third chimpanzee out of the seven we identified in New York, three of them three of them died and with before we could even get their suits filed. Uh, but that left Kiko alive in Niagara Falls. Uh, then there was Tommy, who we found in, in Gloversville. New York, uh, Kiko was living in, in a cage in a, in a cement storefront on, you know, on a street in Niagara Falls. Tommy was in a, a cage in kind of a built in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a warehouse, um, kind of a warehouse-like structure on a, on a used trailer lot in Gloversville. And then we found on Long Island, Hercules and Leo were chimpanzees who were being used for experimentation by the anatomy department of uh, Stony Brook. Uh, to determine how chimpanzees, uh, how how let's say chimpanzees have bent, walk with bent legs, humans walk with straight legs, and they were they were imprisoning those two little guys from beginning at age two, in order to do research on them to determine uh, how uh, humans evolve straight legs. So those were our those were our clients, and we and we filed suit in the judicial districts in which each of them were living. Um, so um, New York has about 200 Supreme Courts, which in New York are the, low, are the trial courts. And then uh, geographically, they have four different intermediate appellate courts. So the cases from Manhattan are called the First Department. The cases from Long Island are in the Second Department. The cases from Central New York are the Third Department. And the cases in the Western part of New York are the Fourth Department. So we, by coincidence, the chimpanzees were in three different departments, in the second department, Long Island, the third department in central New York, and the fourth department in Niagara Falls. So we, we filed three, we filed three lawsuits on behalf of, of the four, four chimpanzees uh, in courts, that were in the Supreme Courts, uh, asking each time 
that they issue an order to show cause, which you can, which under the habeas corpus statute, which meant um, you can do two things under New York law, New York habeas corpus law. You can ask that the the court issue an, a, a writ of habeas corpus or an order to show cause. A writ of habeas corpus means we want you to come in the court and tell us why you are imprisoning your prisoner, and you want we want you to bring the prisoner into court. An order to show cause says you come into court, but you don't, but the, the prisoner does not need to come into court. So we didn't want the chimpanzees brought into court. So we did not seek a writ of habeas corpus. We sought an order to show cause under the habeas corpus statute. So, uh, so, uh, uh, all three of the Supreme courts in the three different intermediate appellate departments refused to issue the order to show cause and which we fully expected. And then, but however, uh, we did not think we'd even get any hearings on it. It turned out the two of the courts in Tommy's case and in Kiko's case actually gave us ex parte hearings in which we were there without the other side even knowing what, what was going on. But the, all the three of them uh, eventually ruled against us. We went up to the, to the, then the second, third, and fourth department intermediate appellate courts, and that's when it really got to be strange because the second department wouldn't even hear our appeal saying that we did not have a right to appeal. Uh, we knew they were wrong because one of the reasons we chose the state of New York is that you have the right to appeal uh, uh, someone who. So, but little did we know that that was just just the beginning of of the New York appellate courts doing really strange things. So, um, we then went. To, we then uh, had our first appellate argument in Tommy's case, and that court ruled against us by saying that um, uh, Tommy couldn't was not uh, eligible for habeas corpus because. In order to be a person eligible for habeas corpus, because only persons are, you have to be able to assume duties and responsibilities that that correlate with 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 the rights that we're giving you. In order to have rights, you have to be able to assume duties. Well, we knew that no English-speaking court, at least in the history of the world, had ever said that, and we knew that that no jurisprudential writer has ever said that either. And when you we actually went through the court's decision, every single case they 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 cited either actually stood for what we were saying or was just completely irrelevant. And so we, we just kind of, well, there's said that there isn't much we can do right then, but then we went and argued uh, in the fourth department on Kiko's appeal. And they, uh, they agree. But by the way, even though we, we had lost on this uh, correlated duties and responsibilities in the third department, they implicitly disagreed. In fact, in their, decision they did disagree with the second department they said basically of course you have the right to appeal well we knew we had the right to appeal so but we lost on this other ground they they weren't able to um bear duties and responsibilities even though millions of new yorkers who are infants and who have alzheimer's they can't bear duties and responsibilities either but they have rights. well yeah I, I was curious about that uh, i was thinking you know any any disabled persons uh who are unable right. to make certain decisions on their own for for any number of reasons still have rights. That's right. Well, you know what they did? Apparently at the end, before they issued the, the opinion, they realized what they had done. <laughs> and so they put in a footnote of just two sentences that says, um, don't worry, this doesn't apply to humans. <laughs> because, um, because they said that um, humans can collectively assume duties and responsibilities. And I kid you not, that's what they said. So and and they didn't explain anything they didn't cite to anything they simply said that sentence and which has been a mysterious sentence which apparently means that because some humans can that means even the humans who can't can have rights um it's it's irrational but that's what they said so um so 
Then we went to the fourth department, who also disagreed with the second department, said, of course you can appeal. They completely ignored the third department, the duties and responsibilities. They decided not, they did not rule against us on that ground. They ruled against us on the ground that said we couldn't bring a writ of habeas corpus at all on behalf of a, chim- a chimpanzee, but not because they were chimpanzees, but because we were asking that they not be freed absolutely. In other words, we didn't ask the court to take them out of their cages and throw them in the middle of Times Square. Instead, we asked that they move them to a sanctuary. And they said, you can't use a writ of habeas corpus to move you from one place of confinement to another place of confinement. Well, the first place of confinement was a cage. The second place of alleged confinement was a five-acre island sitting in a... sitting in, 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 a, in, a, in a huge lake that 25 chimpanzees are living on. And it kind of stretches the imagination to view that as a place of confinement, much less of one that's equal to be, to be locked in a cage. But that's what they said. That, that's what I said. Things got really weird once we started getting up, up into the appellate courts. So then we said, okay, we see these really three really strange decisions. And so we decided, another reason we chose the state of New York is that we uh, we knew that we had the right to be able to file suits again and again, that the idea of res judicata, that when you file a lawsuit, you only get one shot at it, and if you lose, then that's the end, that doesn't apply to habeas corpus uh, cases in the state of New York. So we knew that we could then, if we lost, we could then refile them again and again. So we then refiled Hercules and Leo's case, which we had lost because the judges said we didn't have a right to appeal, we now refiled it in the in the Supreme Court in the only department in which we had not been in, which was Manhattan, in the first department. And that judge then, in a, in a lane, she then, for the first time, at least in English-speaking history that we knew of, issued an order to show cause. And she actually then ordered Stony Brook to come into court to give a legally sufficient reason for why they could imprison a chimpanzee. So that was a major, major victory you know, for us. So we then uh, had a huge fight in court on that. And then three months later, she issued an opinion in July of 2015 in which she essentially agreed with everything we had said. But the question was, was she bound by what the other appellate courts had said? She's because um, she said that there was no law in the in the appellate court in the first department uh, that she that that could guide her. So and because there was none, she was then bound by what the third and the fourth departments had said. However, she then said, I'm not bound by the fourth department because there is law in my first department that says you don't have you know, you don't get have to get thrown out on the street of Times Square. You can go move from one place to another and use a writ of habeas corpus. So she ignored that. Uh, which we agree was completely wrong, um, because here, see, we here we have the various courts ignoring the other courts because they're agreeing with us that they're wrong. <laughs> but she said that she said that uh, it's been kind of a Kafkaesque journey so far through the, the appellate courts of New York, but we're you know we're slowly getting somewhere. And then um, and then she said, however, I am bound by the third department's ruling that in order to be a person, you have to be able to bear duties and responsibilities and that chimpanzees cannot. That's what the third department said. And that was even stranger, by the way, when they, when they said that second part, because there was no evidence that chimpanzees either could or could not assume duties and responsibilities because nobody ever anticipated that for the first time in history, they would put that as a requirement for being, being a person. And so they... 
they took judicial notice of this very complex scientific fact um, and said it goes without saying, and no, no way does it go without saying. You know, that's not, it's simply not true. And so not only did they take judicial notice, but they didn't even tell us they were going to do that and give us the chance to actually put evidence in front of them. So she, she basically said, look, I don't agree with them, but I'm a lower court, though I'm sitting in another department. I'm still bound by them. So um, you should go back to them because and, you know, I'm, I, I'm bound by them. So we then said, okay, we're now going to start litigating up in, in her appellate court in the first department. Uh, we then quickly filed Tommy's case again and then Kiko's case again in her, in her court. And she said the same thing. Look, I told you I'm bound by the third department. But we had to, we had to go in front of her in order to, get the, to take the case up on appeal. So that's what we're doing now. Um, we've, we filed all three we appealed all three cases, Hercules and Leo's case, Tommy's case, and Kiko's case, saying, asking the court, except uh, we, the, we haven't moved forward on Hercules and Leo's because uh, they were removed from the state of New York in 2015, which we allowed them to do um, because the place that they were staying, which was in the basement of the computer center at Stony Brook, was so horrible compared to even the awful place that they were going to go to in Louisiana that we thought it was immoral for us to get and try to get an injunction keeping them in that in the basement of the of the computer center. So that case we haven't we and it's not clear that once they move they leave the state of New York have the New York courts then lost jurisdiction over them. So we don't want to get into that fight. So we haven't moved forward with that appeal, though it's still pending in front of the court. But we then move forward with Tommy's case and move forward with Kiko's case. Both of those are being are then being heard on Thursday. And what we're asking is that the court um, instruct the lower court judge that they don't agree that you have to be that you have to have duties and responsibilities in order to be a person under the for the person for the reason of a writ of habeas corpus. Because in order to do that. In or, you're either are being arbitrary by simply saying this doesn't apply to human beings, or if you're being rational, then it does apply to human beings, and they just stripped millions of New Yorkers of their rights to sue for hand or habeas corpus. So we ask that they they set their own standard and instruct the court that that um, uh, having to have duties and responsibilities was not a requirement in order to be a person for the purpose of a writ of habeas corpus. Um, and that our backup position, even if they do say that, you know, we filed 60 more pages of affidavits from Jane Goodall and, and six other experts showing how chimpanzees routinely bear duties and responsibilities, both in their communities in the wild and when they are involved in language, in, in language work with they have human and uh, human chimpanzee communities. And so we're asking that it be remanded, sent back to the trial court, um, and... Uh, have her not be bound by what the third department had said, and then move forward on our habeas corpus hearing. So, in a in a big nutshell, that's what we're doing, and that's why. Well, and it's 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 very confusing to listen to. Uh, you've done an excellent job explaining it, but just the it's not as easy as Law and Order makes it out to be. Oh no! Um, oh my God! It, like you There's... need some of this. Like you you need a forty five second closing statement, um, you know, a commercial break, and then come back and have a resolution. Uh, that that's how it should be, but um, it 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 seems like uh, from uh, the extreme layman's perspective that they the 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 judicial system is struggling with the fact that no one has told them what to do, and they are making it up as they go. That's right, and they understand that it's never been done before. And we've had at least one judge say on the record, 
look, this is great stuff, but I'm not going to be the first one to do this. And we understand that, that judges, are, you know, there are some judges out there who don't want to be the, they don't want to stick their neck out. And there's some judges who do want to be the first one to do it or will be the first one to do it if justice requires. And we think that Justice Jaffe, who's the one who said, look, uh, even though I don't agree with what the other uh, court had said, I'm still bound by them. We believe that she might be that first judge who, if the, if the, if her appellate court says, look, you're no longer bound by them. Now you're bound by us. And we don't, and we say, that's not what you need to do at that point. We're ready to go in and, and make our arguments, and we think if we make the, that, uh, she may actually be the first one with, within the United States. By the way, since we brought the cases, uh, there was uh, there were lawyers in Argentina, and actually I was there in Buenos Aires last May. Um, there were uh, who basically brought um, a writ of habeas corpus on behalf. Uh, they modeled their they brought a habeas corpus case. They kind of modeled their case on what we were doing in in the state of New York, and. Uh, they brought a habeas corpus suit seeking uh, the release of a chimpanzee named Cecilia from the Mendoza Zoo and send and then have Cecilia sent to a sanctuary in Brazil. And in November, uh, the judge um, issued the, the writ of habeas corpus, uh, uh, found that Cecilia was, quote, a non-human person, unquote, ordered her release from the zoo and sent to the sanctuary in Brazil. So now it's happened once. So we're so now the, so now we're basically asking the judges. This is the second time in the world now, judge. We're asking you to do that. The first time in New York, first time in North America. But it's but uh, but another judge now has done that based on the similar arguments that 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 we we're putting in front of you. Well, and there there is precedent with legislation, is there not, to recognize non-human animals, or as or I should say, non-human animals as non-human persons. Uh, I don't. I don't know of any. There are kind of there are va- kind of vague sometimes statutes or constitutional um, provisions saying like nature has rights or animals in you know, the animal kingdom has rights. But uh, we in those uh, those countries, um, we haven't really seen specific them specifically apply to a specific animal or a specific species. Um, uh, so the the only case that we think has really um, succeeded is the is the cecilia case okay so i might be uh uh, falling prey to facebook um because you see the headlines of you know india declares ah uh, india that has been they said that india declared the dolphins were persons yes that's 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 the one going that is not did did not happen and i've given up trying to correct people (laughs) it'd be a a full-time occupation it's um it's what it, you, you go back, you know, if you go back to what the Indian government released, what they said, it, it had, what they said was, is that they were no longer going to build you know, dolphinariums or allow dolphins to be kept in captivity. They said that, and here's the critical sentence, some experts think that dolphins should be non-human persons. But they never say that they accept that or that oh, okay. that's their is what they're going that's going to be their governmental policy. They simply note that some experts say that. Now, that might be a hint to the world that that's what they would like to believe, but all they do is say that. They never say and we agree or that's going to be the policy of India. They don't follow it up and kind of close close that circle. So, it's not really clear why they put that in except as kind of uh, as kind of maybe a hint to the people of the world that that they're moving in that direction, but they, but that's the only thing that's ever come out, and they, that's clearly not saying that we, the government of India, 
other, as opposed to some experts did declare that dolphins are non-human persons. Well, everyone heard it here for the hundredth time that India's story is not true. So thank you for correcting me. And uh, we'll, we'll, well, I will take oh, up the mantle. Oh, I wish it were. Yes, I'll take up the mantle. <laughs> I wish it were true. <laughs> um, yes, but however, the uh, the Cecilia case, you know, is true. Um, and uh, uh, we are moving, we are trying to, you know, get consistent, rational decisions from the courts of the state of New York, which we think ultimately will ha- will will end up in our favor. It doesn't mean that they will. Um, it's possible that we that that's that we could lose some court simply says like the third department, um, hey, they're not humans, therefore they, they don't have persons without feeling the necessity to actually explain why that would be. Um, we are working hard so that that thing that sort of thing does not happen. Uh, but we indeed have seen the third department say, you know, in in their two sentence footnotes, well, this doesn't, this all of this doesn't doesn't apply to humans. Which to us, that's the exact bias that we're litigating against. <laughs> so, uh, so it, it well, uh, and it, it it very much is a bias too, because as as you've noted, there is mounting evidence, not not just with chimps, but with with various mammals. Oh yes, um, that there there is culture and intelligence, oh, yes. sentience, emotion. We, we have, you know. It's not that what we're saying. We've put in 160 pages of affidavits. We have gathered the the evidence about the the complex cognition of chimpanzees. We've probably put it all into one place. The uh, nine experts from, uh, including Dr. Goodall, involved, and then from experts from Japan, Sweden, Germany, England, Scotland and the United States have together put 160 pages of affidavits in detailing in, I mean, in excruciating detail the, the, the complexity, the cognitive complexity of chimpanzees, showing how they are autonomous beings, showing how they assume duties and responsibilities. Uh, so the facts, you know, they would have to ignore all of those facts um, or simply say, look, there's that that we don't really care what the facts are. We're just biased in, in favor of humans. And of course, our argument is, we have been there before. Um, at one point, you know, we, there were habeas corpus. There's a habeas corpus case that that, that we, we rely upon uh, from England in 1772, which I wrote a whole book about, called the Somerset versus Stewart case, where for the first time a black slave in England uh, said, "I'm a person who can bring a writ of habeas corpus," and Lord Mansfield. In 1772, for the first time, said, "Yes, you know, you may, you know, slavery is so odious that the common law will not support it, and I free you on a common law writ of habeas corpus." That was the first time that ever happened. Then, in 1879, we bring up a case where there was an Indian chief, a Ponca Indian chief, um, named uh, named uh, um, Standing Bear. And he was taken by the U.S. Army away from his land and brought to Oklahoma, where he was on a reservation. He didn't want to be in Oklahoma. He came back to Nebraska, where his, his tribal lands had been. He was then imprisoned by the U.S. Army. He, his lawyer then brought a writ of habeas corpus, and the U.S. government opposed it on the ground that an Indian could not be a person who could not file a writ of habeas corpus. And the judge said, I don't agree with you. He is a person. And so... You know, we've been there where people simply try arbitrarily to say, I'm sorry, he's black, he's not a person. And the courts eventually said, no, that's wrong. Or, I'm sorry, he's an Indian, he's not a person. No, that's not true. He's wrong. And so we're saying, now's the time that there are non-humans 
who are also these extraordinary beings, and there's no non-arbitrary reason why they should not also be persons, at least uh, for, for, the, uh, for the purpose of vindicating their autonomy and having them be able to not live in cages and in prison anymore and being able to live an autonomous life. Well, I, I frequently hear, uh, and this, uh, uh, as um, our audience knows, our two primary campaigns are about ending the uh, commercial fur trade and promoting coexistence with wildlife. And there are uh, lobby groups who stand against us, and there is um, one politician from Manitoba who, who really doesn't like me um, and, and called me a, uh, an extreme radical uh, in, the, uh, in Parliament one time. Uh, even though I, I, th- I think I just wrote him a nasty letter and I got called a radical. But anyway, um, and he is... When that's f- happened to me, I usually send them a, a, a thank you note for identifying <laughs> me by name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had someone once who uh, 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 criticized me uh, by name in an op-ed piece in the New York Times. And I sent him an email thanking him for, for doing that. Well, yeah, that's for, for promoting the cause. Thank you for my name right. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these these individuals... They see a mass animal rights conspiracy, uh, and and this is not hyperbole on my part. Uh, they say if we stop, for instance, testing cosmetics on animals, then the next thing you know, everyone in Canada will be eating tofu. Um, well, you, you know that's in law. We, it's called the slippery slope argument, and. Um, in the last case when we went in front of Justice Jaffe in the Supreme Court in the state of New York, um, in, in New York County, in, in Manhattan, the Attorney General of New York made that exact argument. And uh, Justice Jaffe, in her opinion, said, I reject the slippery slope argument. If, if the uh, litigant in front of me is entitled to justice, he'll get it. And we'll leave it for the next judge or the next judge or the next judge to, to look at, at the facts that 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 are are in front of him or her, which I think is the right way to look at this. You don't the uh, the it is period. It's the right way to look at it. You can't dream up consequence um, that well, may or right. may not it, come. and we have to remind the, the judge. Look, judge, we're here on the we're here asking that this chimpanzee, Tommy, be given the right to bodily liberty that is protected by a writ of habeas corpus and be freed from his prison and sent to a sanctuary. That is what the case is about. That doesn't mean there won't be later cases involving other animals or other, right? Who knows? But all we're, all we are here in front of Tommy, Liberty, habeas corpus, free him, send him to a sanctuary. That's what the case is, is about. And we don't, we don't want you paying attention to the other side who is telling you that somehow the case is about something else. Yeah. Uh, and, what about the argument that you are elevating uh, a non-human animal to be equal to a human? I I don't even know what to, I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> what I, I don't even, it's hard for me to respond because I, I I don't even know what it means. Uh, uh, well, and that, but that's something that I've seen is uh, uh, again, and this this ranges from you know op-ed columns through to social media comments of. Um, well, a, a chimpanzee isn't a person, and you shouldn't try and make them a person. Well, we're saying yes, a chimpanzee is a person, and and ought and ought ought to be a person at least for the purpose of a writ of habeas corpus. And I said that that's that's where we've been before. 
we had people like you who said that black if you if you that you shouldn't make black people equal to white people you shouldn't make women equal to men you shouldn't make native americans equal to equal to europeans you know we have been there so many times and people like you are always saying basically i want to keep the privileges that i have and i want to be able to continue to exploit those who i want to exploit and we're saying i'm sorry Black people are going to be or have going to have rights. Women are going to have rights. Native Americans are going to have rights. And now chimpanzees are going to have rights. And you don't have any good reason for uh, opposing us. You just want to keep your ability intact to be able to exploit them. Sorry, that day is over. And that's the the concept of privilege that I've been learning about in the last couple of years. Um, as as a very privileged white man, uh, you know, born and raised in the suburbs, <laughs> uh, it it is shocking how much that permeates uh, our our society. Yeah. Yeah. This this is one of these instances where there there is a an incredible thing happening, and it is being accomplished by a team of lawyers led by yourself. But what can advocates do? People who, who believe in this cause, who want Tommy to, to be given his rights, who want Kiko to be given uh, uh, his rights. Well, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, <laughs> we, um, uh, <laughs> we now um, uh, have uh, revamped our website, revamped the way we are dealing with the rest of the world. A, a year ago, I would have said, you can send us money or you can uh, you know, cheer from the sidelines. But now we have brought on staff. We have changed what we're doing. Uh, you can actually uh, take out your cell phone, uh, text uh, 52886, and then type in the word unlock, because uh, and that, that uh, refers to the um, film, actually. I, I think it's, it's playing on HBO Canada now about our work called Unlocking the Cage. So um, just type 52886. I think it's yeah five two eight eight six and type in the word unlock and then if you'll if you'll give us your email address tell us how we can reach you we will then work with you uh, to figure out how the the best way you you too can work with us to obtain legal rights for non-human animals wherever you might be as well. To get updates on Tommy and Kiko's court cases or any of the other incredible work being done by Stephen and his team at the Non-Human Rights Project, please visit nonhumanrightsproject.org. That's it for this week, folks. I want to thank you for joining us and ask you to please follow me on Twitter at Defender Radio to get updates about who I'm interviewing and offer suggestions as to what you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. 